You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Tracy Murda with the Future Tech Podcast. Today, I have an old friend here who's back with the Future Tech Podcast to update us on some really interesting things in the space, um, as well as introduce a, a new network for us to learn about. So, Grant Blaisdell, co-founder of Point Firm and now AMLT Network. Grant, thanks so much. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for having me again, Tracy, and it's um, it's a pleasure to be back, and, and hopefully I'll get to share some, some new updates, some interesting insights, and, and have a cool discussion with you as well. Well, it's the beginning of 2019, so I always like to start the year with some fresh goals and fresh information. So why don't you, um, you know, first, before we jump into the AMLT stuff, uh, just give us some updates on CoinFirm. How are you guys doing? What are you guys up to? And then we can kind of branch out from there. Yeah, well, um, a lot as a lot in this industry, a lot has happened rather quickly uh, around our ecosystem. So, um, just as an update, CoinFirm, or as a background, CoinFirm is generally recognized as a global leader when it comes to analytics and regulatory technology for blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Uh, globally, we're probably most known for doing this through the CoinFirm AML platform, so anti-money laundering platform, where we use big data analytics and and risk scenarios to um, to generate what we call risk reports around uh, crypto addresses. Um, so anybody who's paid attention to the blockchain or crypto space knows that the regulatory compliance aspect is is one of the largest roadblocks and and places where solutions are needed and most specifically the anti-money laundering part. So uh, we've been servicing the industry with this solution for over two years now. Um, as a company, we're actually going to have our three-year anniversary in a sec. Um, and this is a blockchain agnostic platform, which is something important that we're going to touch on hopefully a few times um, in this conversation, which means that this platform can technically integrate and serve any type of blockchain. So we have very large market coverage when it comes to how we apply this solution. And this has allowed us to work with around 150 companies uh, touching the blockchain space, ranging from the largest bank in Japan um, to major cryptos themselves like Dash to exchanges, wallets, um, etc. So that's kind of a big overview of CoinFirm. Um, also, we have another solution called TrueDatum, which is a data provenance solution, blockchain solution that's already been integrated by the largest bank in Central Europe. I might talk about a little more of that later. 
and I'll get into the AMLT network as well, which is something that we built on top of the CoinFirm AML platform. So that's kind of the, the big overview of us. And uh, in the past year, going into 2019, um, new blockchains were integrating. So this is probably the most important thing for our clients and our partners that we already have or we're bringing in, um, is which blockchains are you going to integrate next? Um, and, you know, of course, we'd like to do all of them all the time. Um, but obviously, you know, we need to either be incentivized or show, have it shown to us that the market, there's a big market need for that. And a lot of times our clients or these blockchains themselves will work with us directly. So when we worked with Dash, we worked with Dash directly on integrating that blockchain. So the new ones we have coming in are going to be Litecoin, uh, Stellar, um, Bitcoin Cash, and then we're going to be working on Ripple. So by the end of the year, we should have all of those in minimum um, and continue working on integrating more depending on how the market develops or what the market wants and needs. Um, also, as I mentioned, we did that integration of TrueDatum with the largest bank here in Central Europe, PKOBP. Um, we believe, and from what we can tell, that's the largest true blockchain implementation and banking in the world. Um, and we're going to be working with them on some further cool stuff of bringing blockchain or and maybe even crypto into the major traditional financial and banking world. Um, and yeah, and we launched the AMLT network. So that's that's something that we'll get into further deal later. And all these other updates and details that hopefully we get into during the call. I don't want to you know throw a 20 minute intro out there. No, and, and congrats, you guys, on all these advancements to a coin firm. That's awesome to hear and, and to you. see. Uh, but I am very interested in learning more about the AMLT network and what this is, is aiming to solve and where you guys are at with it. Um, yeah, so when this the AMLT network was built on the original vision of coin firm and a use case we've been using on the AML platform for almost two years. Which is, you know, we're, we're taking data sources. We have data source, a lot of different data sources that we're inputting into our database and then push through our algorithms and risk scenarios. Um, obviously we're analyzing blockchain from Genesis block. Um, we have a whole data science team that's dedicated to, uh, manually, um, going through web, deep web tour, finding data leaks, et cetera, properly integrating that into the database and categorizing it as well as, you know, in an automated sense, technological sense, crawling web, deep web tours, pulling data off that way. Um, also, um, we have use case that our partners and our clients um, could provide us data. One of the first kind of real use cases was an exchange client of ours had a user come on using a fake ID, someone else's ID. They caught this, uh, provided us that, that data along with the related crypto address. Our data science team went through it, saw its legitimate data, implemented it in the CoinFirm AML platform. So now anytime a client or partner or anyone would query that address through our platform, they would see a new flag, a new elevated risk rating on that entity and tie it to that action of not uh, of using a fake ID. Um, when we created CoinFirm, we wanted to create... Uh, we not only wanted to be the bridge between the, the crypto blockchain economy and the mass market and traditional market, 
through the AML platform, but we wanted to change the realities of, of kind of the compliance system and how AML works overall, which in the traditional space is extremely ineffective and inefficient. Um, and one of the repercussions of, of these flaws has been um, it can't discriminate very well the risk of a single individual in a lot of the regions of the world. So um, banks, authorities, whatever it may be, treats these countries or regions with kind of like a high-risk blanket. Uh, we'll get into the Nigeria thing in a sec, but Nigeria, for example, is one of those. So these are massive huge growth potential economies that has loads and thousands of entrepreneurs there who are trying to create things, but they lack access to the tools, resources of the global financial system because they're deemed as high risk mainly. Um, so we wanted to create a system where entities all over the world could provide data not only on nefarious actions, but also on good players and good actions. So entities could choose to become transparent to the market and say, hey, this is who I am. This is my profile. These are my main addresses if you want to see how I'm behaving on the market. Um, so based on this, we created the AMLT network where we've incentivized the global market to submit data um, to help protect not just themselves, but their partners, their clients, uh, and the financial market as a whole. So, you know, exchange hacks are a good example of this. Uh, we did a real cool kind of in-depth feature around the Cryptopia breach that happened the other week, um, last week. Um, and this is a use case of how the AMLT network can directly help the crypto economy where um, if someone gets hacked, something happens, they submit that data to us, we implement it fast enough, then an exchange or somebody else on the other end who's using our platform can see when those funds are coming in that it's related to this hack or nefarious action and they could freeze them, for example. And that also helps with the recovery of funds from people who have had funds taken. So there's lots of different kind of uh, points that this helps uh, in the system. You know, I'll, I'll speak at conferences and, and ask the crowd. So if you run into, you know, if you get ransomware or something, where do you submit data on that address? What, what system is in place to where not only you have a voice, but to where the system can potentially have a short-term effect or, or disincentivize these actions in the future? let alone on top of it incentivizing the entities to provide that data, which we do by rewarding network members with our token, AMLT, um, which they can you know, also use for discounted services on the AML platform that they, they need or, or are already using. So we kind of build this global uh, incentivized network of like-minded entities that are helping it make it more secure, transparent for everybody involved. So... With the, the partnering of Gatecoin in, what was it, November of last year or so, how is that making, yeah, yeah. making what you're doing stronger? Well, you know, as with any network, there's network effect. Um, so exchanges are cool cases because they run into loads of transactions um, and, and they have some of the largest incentive to use something like this because they need AML solutions. Um, they need to know what type of funds are coming into their exchange or who they're, how they're rewarding or how they're paying out, you know, funds, et cetera. Um, so when it comes to entities or exchanges like Gatecoin, if you create, you know, a cluster of X amount of exchanges that are participating in a network like this, um, you can create a huge amount of data exchange that into our system that helps, that helps them filter out, block, and see uh, any sort of risk that's potentially entering the space. And if, if I'm somebody who's, 
you know, if I'm a hacker or I'm doing ransomware or any sort of scams like this, but I have an extremely hard time using or liquidating these funds because after I do something, you know, the related addresses, et cetera, are, are, have a certain flag, an elevated risk rating, and enough entities are using this network and these solutions, then they are limited in where they can go and liquidate these funds. So like what happened with Bancor, for example, is by the end of the day, it was already liquidated on the world's, on one of the world's largest exchanges. But in that, in the case of the AMLT network, if that works properly and there's that network effect, they would have seen that coming in and, and that would have never been able to happen. And if that happens enough times, then the people who are doing these nefarious actions have a lowered level of incentive uh, to do it in the first place. If that answers your question. Uh, that's incredible. So let's, can we dive into the, the Nigeria stuff? I think that's some pretty inf- interesting information and, you know, pretty crucial to what's going on now. Uh, yeah, well, you know, um, I, I come out of kind of the, the, the Silicon, not the Silicon Valley, but the California startup ecosystem originally. And, and there's a lot of stuff about addressing these problems or, you know, bringing financial inclusion, what they call it, to these these massive markets, whether it be India or Nigeria, et cetera. Um, but a lot of these solutions have no incentive for entities on the ground or, or much incentive. Um, so we wanted to attack what we feel is a core problem in the financial space as well as in the economies uh, that exist there, which in Nigeria is obviously, you know, kind of fraud, scam related economy that, that exists there. Um, but you have to provide, you know, a system and incentives to counteract that. So we, along with the CAD ICT hub, um, which is, which is, uh, run by someone I actually met in Silicon Valley. He's a native Nigerian. Um, he's a co-founder and CEO. I actually think he just sold it of Coders for Africa, which was the largest kind of programming, uh, entity in, in the region over there. Um, we created the first blockchain lab, co-created the first blockchain lab that we know of in Africa. And within that, uh, we're implementing um, an entire kind of education network um, around blockchain and around the AMLT network. And having, you know, a load of people who are incentivized to go online, go through the crypto economy in Nigeria, which is growing and is already pretty sizable, and uh, figuring out how to keep it safe, um, transparent, um, so that the, at least the crypto economy part of Nigeria can be treated a lot more friendly um, than, than it generally is in the traditional economy there. And, and work directly with, with partners and entities in the crypto and blockchain space, both on the, that are on the ground there as well as internationally, to implement on top of it solutions, whether it's payment solutions, um, et cetera, to, to build up the, the blockchain economy there. Because to be honest, those are the markets that, that tend to, will tend to be able to benefit the most out of it overall. Um, so we want to prove our case, um, and our long-term vision and do so in a way that provides a benefit for others. That's incredible. Is there any, I mean, what makes you guys different? Is there anyone else else out there doing what you're doing? Or you kind of, I mean, still the, the leaders? Well, when it comes to what we're doing in like the AML, the compliance, and, you know, our, our let's say our biggest competitors technically would be someone like Chainalysis um, mm-hmm. or, or a Neutrino. We have different approaches than those entities. We, I mean, we came out focused on AML 
out the gates. So I think we were the first that were really on any big scale focused on that. Um, we do that by using big data analytics, right? Um, other entities tend to be a little bit more kind of analytics focused, less on, less on the compliance end. Um, but I think we have a much more open approach. So, um, you know, we, we choose to be very transparent. There's no issue about, you know, you can go on coinfirm.com right now, create a profile, you know, throw a few dollars on your account, and you can start generating AML risk reports on addresses. So our whole thing, and with this AMLT network, is about uh, democratizing the financial system as well. So with the AMLT network, anybody can provide us data. Anybody in the world can. If you go on Etherscan, for example, and look at most of the comments, they're related towards scams or fraud. People are looking for a voice, uh, a, a tool that gives them a voice. We're providing that, but also on top of it, we're providing a, a system in the end that can have effect, and we're rewarding entities for doing so. Um, I don't think there's entity, any entity that's approaching the overall big picture like we are. Um, I see entities doing bits and pieces, but as a complete picture, no, I, I don't think so. So what's on the agenda for 2019 for, for, well, let's talk about, first of all, what do you kind of expect to see in the space as far as, you know, the the financial scene, we'll put it that way. Do you think there's going to be more government restrictions that you'll need to follow as far as compliance? Do you think, I mean, what, what do you kind of see for 2019? Uh, yeah, this is, I think this is going to be a year where really the regulatory aspects start becoming very clear. Um, you know, you're in the U.S. Um, and, you know, all these regions kind of operate a bit differently. Um we're actually working on a report with that bank here in Central Europe on what's going to be happening, you know, in 2019 around blockchain. You're going to see more uh, enterprise integrations. So, for example, we work with the largest bank in Japan around their stablecoin. I can't really publicly talk about who um, yet, but you're going to start seeing actually a lot of entities that originally the crypto community or economy said like these are the enemy or, or what, however you want to define it. Um, but you're going to see a lot of these entities actually pushing the ball. Um, the ICO thing in the U.S. especially, but overall is general, except for a few jurisdictions, is pretty much going to die out. It's going to go into a strict uh, security token offering space. Um, and we're actually working with and servicing um, uh, two of what are going to be the biggest, bigger security token offering platforms or security token platforms. Um, you're going to see the definition, I think, of what a utility token is kind of be focused down. So AMLT to us, for example, is a pure function of a utility token. Um, so you're going to start seeing... You know, I was in Silicon Valley recently as well, and I was talking to a lot of VCs and stuff around there, and um, what you're seeing right now in the blockchain and the crypto space is kind of what the, the dot-com bubble and boom went through. So you're going to see loads of projects, especially loads of these token ICO-related projects, are going to fall off and they're going to die. And you're going to see sites being shut down, etc. Right now, it's kind of a cleansing. And so when I talk to venture capital, for example, there, they, you know, they go, they pretty much invested a, a bunch of smaller tickets into high-risk, high-return stuff last year. In, or 2017, let's say, um, and most of them got burnt on it. 
and now they're willing to pay extra, let's say next year, um, on what comes out after this cleansing, you know, the next Facebooks, the next Googles, et cetera, but coming out of the blockchain space after this kind of bubble burst, right? And they're willing to overpay for for equity in those type of companies because they're going to see them as long-term big horses in the game. Um, I think this is probably, I, I know everybody says this every year around blockchain and crypto. I think this is going to be the most interesting year so far. Um, I don't want to get into the ETFs and all that stuff. Who knows? Um, you're also going to see, of course, the SEC continuing a lot of its activity this year. And, and hopefully a lot of these, you know, projects that came out, these ICO projects in 2017 being called out for being what they were. Um, you know, we've had, we've had lots of submissions into the AMLT network. Uh, we've had some submissions be around ICOs. So, um, and overall the AMLT network, we've received lots of interesting data. Last month, for example, we had over 600 addresses submitted into the network. Whoa. So you're going to see a mixture of self-regulation and, and jurisdictions finally coming out with you know, concrete regulations. But like in Europe, you know, you have the fifth AML directive, the EU's fifth AML directive is coming into play later this year that is the first AML directive that strictly like lays out things for exchanges or wallets related towards crypto. So, um, you know, our, our year this year is going to be really interesting because it's going to be a year where entities for sure have to use what we're doing. So for more on what you guys are doing, I mean, where are you directing folks to the, the website? I know we've got CoinFirm is, is pretty easy to find, but what about the AMLT site? Uh, the AMLT site is amlt.coinfirm.com. So you can find it through the CoinFirm site. Um, when you go on there, you know, you'll if you scroll a tiny bit, you'll see the what we call the AMLT network member panel. This is the panel where you can start submitting data into the network. Um, we also very easily lay out how to become a network member. So network members get exclusive access to data and they're the ones who get rewarded in our token for providing data. So they have to go through a KYC process, etc. Um, so it's really, it's really simple, really easy to use. You know, we have some network members, like you mentioned Gatecoin earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Kaduna, we have the Kaduna ICT hub, which is, you know, that tech hub in, in Nigeria. Um, I'm also working on onboarding some other exchanges. We work with BitBay around it, which is probably the biggest uh, fiat crypto exchange in Europe. Um, so like I said, it's network effect. We just came out with this the other month. Um, but for three months in a row, we've rewarded already network members uh, with hundreds of thousands of AMLT tokens as rewards for providing us data. So we're also one of the few of these kind of token related projects. Um, that is legitimately doing what they said they would do. So is there anyone in particular, any kind of a company in particular that you're ideally seeking to become part of the network or any criteria that you would, you know, if you could have your, your dream partners signing up and, and working with you? Uh, my dream, my dream partner would be, would probably be somebody like a Coinbase. You know, someone and an exchange of a huge size with huge transactional aspects that that is also in a regulated space. Um, what was surprising about this is the number of individuals that became network members or use it. So we get a lot of data from individual users. This is actually probably our most average user 
public-facing solution that we have so far. Uh, we're coming out with a public version of TrueDatum, but, but that's still a tiny bit away. Um, but yeah, big exchanges. You know, when people ask what's the client or partner profile for like CoinFirm's AML platform, it's my same approach towards AMLT. Pretty much any, any entity that's touching blockchain assets or crypto and wants to be, you know, legitimate, let's say. Um, but it's also a cool tool for anybody to use. Anybody who's been a victim, anybody who sees and runs into these things, um, it's a tool for them to use so that, you know, they can at least provide some value uh, into the financial system as a whole and potentially be rewarded for it. Um, but obviously, you know, because the reward is based on its usage on the AML platform, um, you know, the best types of users are, are like exchanges or entities that would be using our AML platform. Awesome, Greg. Anything else that we should be aware of or that you had kind of a, a burning topic on the tongue that you want to share with us today? Um, well, yeah, well, this AMLT network, uh, it's going to be also, I don't want to give away the name of it, but we're building, we're building a consensus model for uh, validation of correctness of data. So we're hoping that this serves as uh, not just the model of AMLT or the blockchain economy, but becomes the uh, the mechanism for data verification or, you know, kind of assurance overall. So eventually what you're going to see in the AMLT network, and we've already slowly done some implementations that are kind of baby steps in this direction that help automate the system. Like last month we integrated a smart contract onto the AMLT network that automates uh the reward, the AMLT reward for network, the distribution of the AMLT reward for network members. But what we're going to do eventually is build a mechanism to where uh, the CoinFirm um, data science team isn't the one that goes through the data that's submitted and validates it as to its correctness, but the network itself will do it. Just like miners or in Bitcoin, the network itself is confirming the transactions we're going to build a consensus mechanism for data and a reward mechanism on that as well, just like we're doing with entities who are providing the data into AMLT right now. There's a reward mechanism for them. We're going to build a, a consensus model and reward mechanism for entities to uh, validate the correctness of data in a network and be rewarded for it. Um, so that's one of the long-term development kind of points on the AMLT roadmap. Um, we're also going to be developing some more smart contracts uh, that automate all of this and hopefully build really what's going to be kind of the foundational platform for, for um, you know, data crowdsourcing, data submission, and validation and verification of that data. Um, also, this year, you know, look at us to come out with some more really cool um, either integrations or, or news, whether it's with... Uh, Traditional, uh, like stock exchanges, traditional banks, we have a few initiatives around that. Uh, we're working with a major telecommunications company um, that's also going to be providing blockchain-based services and a platform. So I was actually working on the press release around that um, today. Uh, also, you know, we're introducing a governance model for the token for AMLT. To, to no matter how, let's say, unstable the crypto market may be, that we provide a certain amount of stability to the network. 
Um, we're bringing in some new network members. Uh, one of them, for example, rewards users when they're not using their um, phones or their uh, computers. It uses it to mine crypto and then rewards them with gift cards. Um, except instead of mining crypto, they're going to be searching for and verifying data for the AMLT network. So we got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I, of course, am more than happy to come on on the regular and, and kind of uh, provide some of these insights, you know, how I view, how we view the regulatory space evolving, what's happening in the traditional space, you know, how's it like working with, you know, some of the bigger banks in the world around blockchain and crypto. More than happy to, you know, for you guys to look at me as, as a source around that stuff and, and keep updating you guys. Well, this has been a great catch-up, Brent. I sure appreciate all of your time and everything you're doing for us all out there. Uh, is there any other final message before we, we part ways once again? Yeah, well, I'm guessing you you have an American-focused market uh, listening base, right? We do, primarily, yes. Yeah, well, um, you know, the American market is, is, as an American originally myself, but mainly operates, you know, out of London or Europe. And um, although we have clients in the U.S., um, some really cool ones, it's not our biggest focus. But uh, as long... I've watched the U.S. fall behind in a lot of aspects around blockchain and crypto, and it's mainly been due to the segmentation of the regulatory space and, and the kind of unknown of what's going to happen. Um, but I firmly believe um, that in the long term, the U.S. is going to be the dominant market when it comes to this technology. Um, and especially through the financial end of it. But I, I want anybody who's in the U.S. in the blockchain space listening to um, understand that we're still behind when it comes to that. Um, European banks are making our banks, as almost always, look like they're in the Stone Age. Um, and the Asian market just moves at a million miles an hour and, you know, it's this is a new wave of global competition and and I hope that you know American entrepreneurs meet the challenge so that's my last kind of patriotic message let's say <laughs> <laughs> I love it all right well thank you so much grant and until next time good luck with everything you guys are working on and thank you so much again for your time today thanks speak to you soon Tracy appreciate it guys okay have a good one grant bye bye You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.